Before my near-death experience, um, I was the it boy at CBS. Um, I was in the height of my career. I was a celebrity freelance uh, image consultant. The celebrities, the politicians, the, the senators, uh, the, the congressmen, uh, the TV stars, the movie stars, all part of my, 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 uh, my list of, of, of clients. And I traveled extensively. And so that part of my life was zooming ahead. Um, you know, before my near-death experience, I, I, I always like to say that I was agnostic. I didn't believe in anything. You live, you die, you make money, boom, end of story. So that part of my life um, was the true and the tried and it made sense. The day of my, my near-death experience, um, and I need to backtrack, I had let something go. Uh, a medical misdiagnosis that I didn't want to deal with. Number one, my career was very busy, I was traveling. Uh, number two, we were in the height of the AIDS epidemic, so there was a part of my subconscious thinking that maybe I had AIDS, maybe why I was losing so much weight was due to the AIDS virus. I began to have all these lesions on my face, I was coughing up blood. Um, so I let something very simple uh, take over. And so for me that, that day, uh, it was just the perfect storm occurred that day. Um, it was raining, it was cloudy, it was cold. Uh, and I was invited to a, a CBS rap party on a television series, and it happened to be my birthday. And uh, I left the party in excruciating pain and went to the bathroom and just began to bleed all over my suit. And I knew then that I had let something go beyond the point of no return. Going into the OR, <laughs> the next act <laughs> of this drama began to unfold. Um, they scooted me on top of the operating table and I remember hitting that operating table. It was so cold. And I was looking around and I could just feel myself going in and out of consciousness and I could see everything began to slow down as though everything was put on a pause moment. And I could see in the corner the beginning stages of what I call the bullseye began to rotate and everything going in, in pause moment. And I remember the, the surgeon saying, put those GD IVs in and we need them now. And he said, I can't, his veins keep collapsing. You need to find a vein, we're losing him. And they rolled me on my side and he said, this is going to hurt a lot. And five, four, three, two, one, boom. I could see myself hovering on the ceiling, but I couldn't really see me because I was, I guess, in spirit form. But I could look down and see Peter Anthony, meaning Peter was looking down at Peter, but I could see Peter. And all these doctors were just going in this medical protocol. And the tunnel began to rotate and rotate. And for me, what happened, I felt as though something had attached itself to my solar plexus, but not Peter on the table. Peter hovering over the operating table. And I felt as though it was being vacuumed into this tunnel. And for me, the most incredible thing was that there were people, family members and relatives and friends were greeting me there at this rotating tunnel, but they weren't my current brother and sister and my father and my aunt and uncle and grandmother and grandparents. 
of that lifetime, of that current lifetime who had died, these were all past life people that were there greeting me to come into this tunnel. And I, know, I, I knew who they were, and they were smiling. And when I went into the tunnel, I mean, again, imagine from zero to 60 in a car in a matter of moments, like in a Ferrari, you're at record speed, and I was being vacuumed through this rotating tunnel. My tunnel had colors, all these mathematical equations, 222, 333, 444, all these triple codes, quantum physics, all surrounded by color and sound. And I was grasping every moment, every second, the collective intelligence. I mean, imagine the mind of Einstein and Tesla and, and Darwin, you know, uh, your, 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 your college professor, your high school history teacher. All this was being downloaded in my mind and I knew everything at that moment. I remember going through the tunnel as I'm watching these colors and the sound, and how can you even describe the sound? How can you describe the sound attached or combined with the numbers as you're spinning through this tunnel? Um, as I was going out of this tunnel, I ended up in this tree. I remember being awestruck, sitting in this tree, and next to me, was an ascended master. Now, I don't know how I knew that, but I just knew. You know, when you're spinning through all this, so much information is coming through your, I guess, through your consciousness, you just are receiving information and you're not going, well, why are we doing this? And how come I'm sitting in a tree? That's not in your consciousness. You're just there at this very peaceful moment of your life where you're just going, wow, okay. You just accept it. You understand it, and you go with it, and that's what I was doing. And I remember the conversation I was having with this Ascended Master. I say Ascended Master because I don't know what else to call him. He was an advanced being, a saint, I don't know. I mean, you, you categorize it any way you choose, but I remember looking up from this tree, and the only way I can describe this tree for those of you who have ever seen the Game of Thrones, there is this tree in the Game of Thrones that is just magnificent. Well, this was just that. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I look out into the sky, the stratosphere of my life review. And from the moment I was born in a hospital to the moment I died at 11, 11 p.m. on November the 11th, 1987, my life was before me, and all these Moments in my life, these little moments that you just forget about. I mean, every moment of your life is recorded. You're watching your life review in this huge matrix. And over and over and over you see your life review. And you're not judging it as much as you're watching it with such compassion and such sympathy and such understanding. There is no judgment. That was the first thing I went, aha, there is no judgment. And I'm seeing the things I should have done that I didn't do, the things I could have done I chose not to do, and the things I would have done if I'd only known better. But I didn't. And again, no judgment. In fact, if anything, what I felt inside, again, this invisible spirit or essence, what I felt inside was, you could have done better, Peter. You accepted it, and I went into my life review, and... I could spend hours talking about my life review. I can talk uh, 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 about a few things here, but I remember, 
I was in high school. And it was my birthday. And my sister, I was about to close my locker, and she was there. And she said, today's your birthday. Happy birthday. I said, yeah. And she said, well, aren't you going to tell me, you know, I'm your best friend. Aren't you going to tell me I love you? And, and I'm looking around at all my football players, and we're just going away. I don't want to talk about this now. And uh, she said, well, come on, just tell me how much you love me. And I didn't say that. And uh, that night, she was killed by a drunk driver. And that was the last time I saw my sister. And that moment when I'm looking down at that life review, that should have, could have moment, I love you, did not come out of my mouth, did not come out of my lips, those words I did not say. And so when I came back into this lifetime, there's not a day that goes by that when I hang up on telephone with a friend, no matter how young you are a friend or how old you are a friend in my life, I love you. That is something I learned on the other side, and it means the world to me. And it means the world to my, my new extended family friends, because they know what I've gone through. And they honor that I say I love you, and they know that I mean it. So that was a great lesson for me. I think another lesson for me, on the way to CBS interview, rock and roll music, windows down, crossing the bridge, I have a piece of gum, plop it in the mouth, flick out the wrapper, into the Trinity River. And in slow motion, I watched this rapper descend all the way down into the river and going down with the current, meeting other trash, you know, Whataburger, you know, Burger King, you know, McDonald's, and Needles, you know, uh, cat litter. I mean, so much trash. And then I would watch other, you know, rappers come in and it was all this toxic trash, garbage, going down the river, and I would watch the chemicals off the oil refineries go in and meet, the runoff would go in and meet the river, and this river would go to the lakes, and, this, and then all this trash would go to the ocean. And I watched all of this, and I thought to myself, we all can make a difference on this planet. One action, no matter how small it is, one action can have horrible effects on other people because what I watched was children getting sick from the oil refineries and all the trash and all the debris and all the environmental people were stepping in and our government was just basically turning their cheeks, ignoring it for the sake of profit and greed. And I would see children dying because of, of the toxicity in their system from all this trash and debris. I could see our oceans being polluted. So for me, one person can make a difference. So you know, people make fun of me when I get the Gatorade and they're in their little six pack and there's that plastic wrapping in there. I cut all that off and chop it up because I know it's going into the ocean. So these events over and over and over took place in my life. Again, not judging it, but seeing it and understanding it that I witnessed my smallest deeds which had great impact on other people. I was taken to a place I call Bordeaux. I call it the cleansing station. Catholics call it purgatory, limbo. You choose, you put it in any category that you, just, that, you, that you feel comfortable with. But it was a cleansing station. And um, there was this light frequency that showed up. I'm, if you will, in outer space. Galaxies looking down at Mother Earth. And before me is this massive, ball of energy 
current, fragment energy, gold energy. And I'm having a conversation with this energy. But even though this energy was in front of me, the conversation was coming from my back and going through my solar plexus and having a conversation. And it dawned on me at the close of this conversation that this was God. And born and raised Catholic and then going from Catholic to be becoming agnostic and having this conversation with this being of compassion and kindness and love. How do you measure that? I, imagine this, you know, a cat or dog that you've rescued and you love and you, and you just love it or your child or your wife or your boyfriend or new love and multiply that 10 times 10 times 10, 1 million. That's how much love you're feeling at this time. And I'm shown visions of earth and what man was doing to it. Wars, the famine, our pharmaceutical companies that were curing diseases but creating three more diseases. So the side effects of medications, again, the pharmaceutical companies were just turning their cheek for the name of profit. I watched this over and over. I watched our leaders. You know, we as a collective consciousness, not just here in America, but all around the world, we're so eager to give power to people who are so eager to take our power away. Over and over and over. So what I saw was the rise and fall of every civilization known to man. The Greeks, the Romans, the Brits, the Vikings, you name it, the Mayan. All because we were not learning our lessons of kindness, of compassion, of extending a hand to helping people out. We were social profiling, judging. You know, there was black in this world. There was gay in this world. There was Hispanic. There was, you know, rich. There was poor. All these categories. No, 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 no. You don't see that on the other side. What you see is spirit. What you see is essence. What you feel is love. And that does not go away. And so when I was given the choice, and this is very important because for those who are watching this, you're always given a choice in life. The choice to tune in to listen to what I'm saying today, the choice to sit down and take five minutes of your time, the choice not to listen to this. It's always a choice. But I was given a choice to go back. And what I was shown, what I call the unsung heroes, the doctors and the nurses that really did care, the teachers that really were contributing to the shift of consciousness. There were housewives, there were children that were helping other children. You know, I saw the bad, but I also saw the good. And I also saw my life ahead of what I was going to do. I saw the mishaps of my, of my, of my medical condition and the years and years of struggle of, of recovering medically, but I also saw everything I was going to go through, you know, the, the suicidal thoughts, the isolation, the depression, friends leaving me. I saw it all, but I also saw myself no longer stuttering. I saw myself writing books. I saw myself giving lectures. I saw myself traveling. Do you want to go back? The voice said, yes. And I came back, surrounded by light, engulfed in light, all around me.